Deep Dive. We're back, episode 59. This is a massive Deep Dive finals catch-up with my mate, Mr. Smith. How are you? I am good, Trent, buddy. It has been a while since we were <laughs> on the airwaves, so to speak, and even longer since we did it face-to-face. So well, it's great. been ages, yeah. Great to be back in the the bunker, so to speak, That's and it. doing what we do week in week, or what we have been doing week in week out for the best part of twenty five weeks now. as yeah. part of uh, the two thousand eighteen AFL footy season, and wow, we only two more weeks of footy left. That's it, two games. So a bit of a catch up. So if uh, you haven't listened for a little bit, and I apologise for the lack of episode over the last month. Uh, basically, I've been holidaying in the states. The American internet is not what they told us it is. It's uh, pretty choppy, actually, in places. And we were, you know, on the west coast and in pretty major cities a lot of the time. Uh, the also the data, sort of their LTE is really not very good either. So the hard part was obviously the time zone, but then also trying to get a consistent connection. So a few times we tried to record and it just didn't work, and it sounded really distant. And yeah, anyway, appreciate your. Patience listening to the two episodes because there was a bunch of times in even in both the two episodes that we did manage to get done Where it didn't exactly sound incredible, but yeah, definitely really really appreciate that and um, yeah Really appreciate your patience with the the podcast. So yeah, we massive obviously finals to go We've recorded a preview episode which should already be in your feeds now So we, we made the beyond the game um, Live show episode the preview because it's basically going to cover the exact same thing. Yep. Um, and then what we're going to do now, this episode, obviously all the games have happened. We, you know, we ch- couldn't really stick to our review preview type format because it was basically impossible um, doing it remotely. So, and then also the other part was I was, you know, on the road half the time because we basically road tripped through. So we went we're in San Diego right up through, along the coast and all over the show. So it was just way too difficult. But so the last proper episode we did was a preview of uh, round 23. We didn't do a review of it, and then we sort of did an episode kind of each week from there, bits and pieces talking. Bits and pieces, yeah. A bit more general conversation. Yeah. Pretty hard to go too uh, deep, deep yeah. when oh, I've seen some of it, you've seen <coughs> hardly any of it, and obviously, yeah, well, with all the other um, logistical issues being yeah. on the other side of the world and time zones. Oh, you get it. Um, anyone who's travelled overseas knows what it's like. So, yeah, in bit unfortunate but better than doing it midway through the season when there's a lot of stuff going on well the other thing too is even in the episodes that we did and i'm getting done half the time you could hear what i was saying i couldn't hear what you were saying no. like it was just too difficult to do and the delay was really difficult and because i was on the road editing it was going to be basically impossible and so that that's why we haven't done as many episodes but what we're going to do with this one is so if you want a, a finals preview of the upcoming finals, check out the other episode that's up this week. So that goes really heavily into the upcoming games. We talk the ins and outs of the second game, but then we talk tactics for both games, but a bit more heavily in the first game because there's there's no um, in and outs for that game. So I mean, we're gonna, what we're going to do with this episode? This episode is more just basically a catch up. We've been asked a lot of questions, obviously, while we've been away. There's been heaps and heaps to talk about. Um, we will do a little bit of free agency. In terms of overall club reviews, that's not going to be this episode. We, we made a decision a while ago that at the very end of the season, so post the trade period, we will do a review of every club. But it, we, we want to wait till their full season is completely over and we will incorporate the, the trade you know, into the reviews as well. We'll, we'll obviously chat the trade period through as it happens. 
But we will do, once the trade's finished, sort of mid to late October, yeah. we will do... A full season overview, yeah. review of each club. Yeah, and I think we'll break it up probably into three different sections. We did um, previews in, in two, but it was too hectic. I think it was just too much to talk about. So we'll probably do six, six, and six, just like the um, cooked game plans we're going to get next yeah, year. Yeah, perfect, yeah. Similar sort of notion. So, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do that um, once this whole season's finished post the trade period. But this is more a catch-up for uh, the listener and for, for the two of us just to sort of do a bit of a recap of, of things that have happened and kind of chat about the season and where we're at and, you know, Melbourne's form and Collingwood's form and, you know, obviously the, you know, Hawthorne going in straight sets and all sorts of different different things we can chat about. But before we do, massive thanks to our sponsors at Hopster Home. So Hopster Home's a craft beer delivery service. So if you're listening to this for the first time, they're a really, really good sponsor of ours. So Craft beer is obviously a huge thing in Australia. These guys curate it into packs. So they do all the thinking really for you. There's so many different beers out there. It's hard to work out when beers are going to come out and what's fresh and all this different stuff. So what they do is they collect cans from across Australia, small breweries, big breweries, and they curate them into a pack. So really, really switched on company. They've got a subscription fee, but the prices are very, very reasonable. You're really not paying that much more than what you would pay in a bottle shop, and that's really covering logistics. So it's really, really switched on, and it's a really good way to drink craft beer. So hopsterhome.com.au, really, really good website with some excellent range of beers. There's different size packs, and you'll see on the website there's some, this month's pack's amazing. amazing. It's such a great range. There's some New South, Victoria, uh, other states outside as well. There's some really, really interesting small breweries. That's it. If you're into craft beer or you're wanting to get into it, it's a great way to start out because these guys are pretty professional. They do mm. all the hard work by re- the research yeah. and everything, and you get a mixed pack. You don't have to basically leave home and, and think, oh, what do I feel like? It just comes in to one convenient pack yeah. to your door. And like Trent and was there's saying, exclusive just, releases yeah, too, and just a big range because yeah. I mean it, it is exploding. There's ha- literally hundreds of craft brewers now right across this country. Mm. So to be able to get uh, fresh craft beer delivered to your door um, mm. for a really really good price by some really really good guys is a really great offer. So yeah, check it out definitely. And um, yeah. It's really good. It's honestly a fantastic service. So I know a bunch of our listeners have already um, subscribed and are really, really enjoying it. But yeah, look, definitely check it out. There's there's heaps of um, really interesting beers. It's, it could be a, a really, really good gift as well. Let's get to Christmas yeah. Only too. 99 days till Christmas. Well, depends what type of Christmas you're after. Football there's, Christmas. There's literally 10 days until Christmas for most of us and most the listeners. Normal or whatever people, it yeah. is until grand final day. But the other Christmas <laughs> is only 99 days away. So for the person that's got everything except a craft beer subscription, this could be a good uh, present. Good idea, yeah. So if you use the promo code AFL Deep Dive, you get a discount of $25 off the first pack, which makes it even better. So you can even pause it and resume the subscription there's no sort of immediacy to keep continually paying and anything like that they're pretty um switched on guys they get obviously that's not convenient so you know like i was away over the last week so i paused it a bit and now i've resumed it now i'm back there it's really really easy to use website so definitely check it out hopsterhome.com.au in terms of any other housekeeping we don't need to plug beyond the game because that's the other episode that will be up but we will be doing more Beyond the Game live show. So Beyond the Game's a, a sports website that's really, really switched on independent sports uh, coverage. And they do a lot of stuff on AFL, so that, that really suits us. And we, we work together on a live show each week. So we are going to do more live content. You'll obviously have seen the, the episode up in your feed that we did earlier this evening 
on the upcoming two finals. We will do some more. We're kind of trying to work out what we're going to do around the Brownlow. We, we, we're sort of loosely thinking about doing a live stream of us watching the Brownlow and kind of commenting on it. But we will obviously do it. We're definitely going to do a post-grand final uh, live show. There'll be all sorts of different stuff. We'll definitely do a lead up to the grand final live show regardless. Absolutely. Even if, even if the Brownlow doesn't have, thing doesn't happen. Um, excuse me. But yeah, well, there's, there's heaps and heaps of stuff coming up. So definitely check out Beyond the Game on social media and YouTube and really, really switched on um, guy there in Ed. Yeah, so especially, yeah, I mean, obviously heavy focus on AFL, but yeah. if you're into other sports, he's uh, originally from North America, so he does love Canada. His, Canada. Well, it's almost uh, calling us New Zealand, but I know what you mean. Yeah, so I, I say North America, just you know, being PC and all that type of stuff. No, yeah, he's from Canada, so loves his ice hockey. He's been in the NBA and some of the other American sports. Yeah, he's into a lot of American sports. So if you, are wanted, yeah, if you want to follow some of that and get up to date, he's uh, really good with that. He's also getting involved with uh, UFC, I believe. Yeah. So he, he covers a lot of sports. a lot of stuff, yeah. yeah. Um, Netball, soccer, all sorts of stuff. Yeah, and does it from a real sort of non sort of standardized platform yeah. sort of format so it's, it's much more interesting he does a lot of uh, grassroots stuff as well he gets around to local clubs and has interviews and, and goes out to club days and things like that so it's really interesting so yeah definitely uh, jump on and have a look at what he's doing that's it so well let's we're not gonna as normally we would head into the round but i think what we'll do is we're gonna kind of go through the weeks and chat a little bit about kind of the general just of how things went, what we liked, what we didn't like, what was interesting, what was surprising, and then kind of talk about the flow of the finals. So going back to round 23, so just before the finals, as I said before, we did a preview, we didn't do a review. So Port, in the end, you know, really falling away, really disappointing finish to the season, lost to Essendon at home. We tipped Essendon, we thought Essendon would win, and gee, it, it, was, it was a real perfect storm. We really thought that that was going to happen, and in the end, it did. So that that's something. I mean, Port are going to be. That's going to be a fascinating discussion uh, point once the season's over. Because Port, we. I mean, we had them pretty high up on the ladder this year. Well, we thought this would be their year, and yeah. it looks like Wingard's out the door and Trengrove out the door. So, yeah. So they bought in. They bought in a heap of players. Six new players last uh, last um, preseason and trade period. And now it looks like they're going to lose three or four yeah. very good players. Well, Wingards, so, is a, I mean, I just didn't see that coming at all. No, well, Pollock is he's out, so he's basically done everything except sign on the dotted line for North Melbourne because he can't. And then, yeah, huge rumours around Wingard. And it's all a fallout of uh, them not playing finals and, and not living up to yeah. internal expectations and external uh, expectations. So... Yeah, big changes down at uh, Port Adelaide, you would think, and they should have been playing finals this year as a minimum. So yeah. probably one of the biggest disappoints for me. I had them finishing second at the start of the year. So. You had them really high. I think I, I can't remember where I had them, but I had them you know, in and around the eight. So yeah, clearly very disappointing. So that's going to be fascinating to talk at the end of the year. I guess not much to talk about this game, mainly that we tipped Essendon. We thought this would happen, so that really wasn't a surprise. Then no. we tipped them by like 18 points, and it was nearly exactly the line. So... Not to try to buy a ticket ourselves, but it, it did feel like the momentum was with Essendon. They wanted to finish the year well. so And then the Essendon discussion is going to be fascinating because, again, so close. Just that, that section of the year where they really, really threw it away. So, anyway, Essendon, that's going to be fascinating. I think we'll keep moving through it. I mean, Geelong Suns. So, Geelong absolutely obliterated the Suns by uh, 102 points. It's fascinating with Geelong now looking back. So, we will chat sort of overall Geelong... 
uh, through this a little bit because they're a really interesting one. Because I mean, you know, the Port Essendon was a bit of a dead rubber in a lot of respects. But the this game, I mean, Geelong because they did have those very soft games leading into the finals. I think that was very much to their detriment to me. I really don't think it gave them any kind of gauge of where they were at. And I think it actually hurt a lot of their structures to, to really work out. Because, I mean, they, they didn't look like anything. I mean, I, 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 you, I think you went with Geelong in the Geelong-Melbourne game. I went with the Ds. So I just, I don't know, I just felt the Ds were going to get a bit of a run on it. Again, yeah. obviously a bit lucky in that. But I, I, I didn't see Geelong being anywhere near as, as bad as they were in that game. I mean, I think a lot of the points you made in, in one of the episodes were able to record remotely around you know, Geelong's old heads and the experience and all that sort of stuff. And I, it, a lot of it made sense. And I, a lot of people tipped Geelong. I just sort of threw it, rolled the dice, mainly because yeah. I, I, I just, I don't know, I just got a feeling with, with, with the Ds, I just thought they would get it together after that um, West Coast win at the back end of the year. But yeah, I mean, what do you think? I mean, looking back at Geelong now over the last few weeks, we, we will talk a little bit into the specific games in, in the first and second week of finals. But I guess... Do you think that that was a big factor? Like, I mean, obviously they got that horrible record after the bye, but I mean, it it just it, it didn't feel like they got ready at all, did it? No, look, there's lots of elements with Geelong. Geelong's again one of those teams where very hard to get an overall gauge of where they're really at because yeah. obviously they have got so much experience across the board. But is it time to? whack a new coat of paint on is it, are they starting to tire a little bit the oh, game plan their slow, philosophy all that type of stuff and yeah two easy games coming into the I, I mean I thought they'd bounce back just had it been probably any of the other teams that were in the finals other than Melbourne I probably wouldn't have picked them but having seen what resulted it's going to be hard for me to have any confidence in Geelong for next year in particular. Yeah. I think I think they can turn around quite quickly, a bit like Hawthorne and Sydney and these teams have been able to do because they've just got the culture to be able to do it. Mm. But yeah, look, very disappointing. Who knows how many of those senior players that they rely heavily on still um, probably had niggles or just wait too much load. Yeah, big concerns. Um, and again, we won't go to do much detail. No, we'll, no. We'll touch, touch on it when we do the full review. Yeah. But yeah, look, it's concerning. It's concerning, and, and I'd be concerned as a Geelong supporter. I mean, when you look at it, so Geelong, that they're really stacked in terms of overall talent. Like they've got a couple of very, very, very good players, right? So they've got these, as we've spoken about all year in the last few years, especially since Abler came back and Dangerford went over there. Like they've got a few of these obscenely good players, but because of the way they've traded over the last you know few years, bare minimum, really more than that. They're in a position where they don't really have a lot of young talent. They've been really good in recruiting and lucky and getting... Well, not lucky. They've just been smart, really, and getting your Adigalias and your Kellys and people like this. But ultimately, where, where is the young talent coming from? Yeah. And, and the big problem with Geelong, too, is they they have to get more people that can run through the middle. I mean, Duncan had a really poor back end of the year. And, and you know, they, they're just not getting enough... Polish. You look at a Melbourne that has. That's partly why they're able to win that game. There's so many people that could run through the middle, in and out, 
So it's it's a real concern. And then obviously the Suns got completely obliterated, which I mean, no surprise. I think we said the Cats by 100 points, and it was 102. So no no real surprise no. there. And then Richmond just getting over the line, keeping that record at the uh, MCG going, beating the Dogs. The Dogs really should have won that game. They led through large sections of the game. I watched that game in LA quite late at night at a bar. I, yeah, look, I think I think the yeah, I mean, it was great for Richmond to toughen that out. I don't think they thought. I mean, obviously, right at the back of the year, they just sort of switched off and switched off and just get over the line yeah. and keep that record intact. That's Not much to talk that. about that. I mean, the Dogs obviously were pretty ravaged by injury this year. They never quite got their game plan up and going. I think they they'll might, take a lot. Of, they'll take a lot out of well, that game in the last month. Really, they were really quite competitive for the. That's best the thing. Part of I mean, they're month. one of the most fascinating teams I think in 2019 that I'm looking forward to seeing because they're going to get. A lot of players back that are, that'll be much better for the break. Your Eastern Woods going to be looking a lot better. You know your, your Wallaces, your Libbers, people like this that are a bit obviously battered and injured throughout this year will come back and look a hell of a lot better. You think the Bont's going to be even better because he'll be a year older, a bit more experienced. Hopefully, you know, stays away from any injuries. Yeah, he does, right. doesn't have to take on that load like he did no. this year because of so many injuries. Yeah. He's a star. He's a star, yeah. and that's and, then, and McRae made a lot. I mean, you know, I, so much talk. I think I think McRae probably should have made All Australian. If, if it's me, I think there's a few players you could have taken out of that and put McRae in. I think he was excellent. I think he, his, his his averages are unbelievable. He, he had an amazing year in, in a pretty average team for a lot of the years. Yeah. So the, they're a fascinating one to watch. And then the Dockers. Pies, so Pies just getting over the line. Not much to talk about. I mean, Fremantle were, Fremantle were brave, I have to admit, though. They were okay. They were a bit inaccurate, 9-13. But, yeah, Pies sort of getting it done. And then Crows finishing off the year quite well, actually. I mean, obviously, I know they played Carlton, but they, they came down and just absolutely just murdered them, 104. 26-9 I mean, against any team is wild. Is wild, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that's amazing. And they were so good. I mean... It was just really sad, I think, from a Carlton perspective. There was a you know a real kind of gathering, basically almost a flock, so to speak, to a bit of a bird-type pun with the Crows because there was so many ex-Carlton players just laughing almost at, at this at this team. So pretty yeah. sickening low, I think, for Carlton. They obviously had one of, one of the worst years I've ever seen in football ever. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I was a bit young during the Fitzroy, but I remember kind of aspects Horrible. of... You're a bit older. Yeah. You, you remember it was pretty cooked. It was just sad to watch. Yeah, sickening. Well, different because you, you knew, I guess, um, with Fitzroy, that the, end, the actual end was... No, like, the yeah. people didn't have anything to play for. The club was... Over, yeah. they, were moving, they were moving up to be part of uh, what became the Brisbane Lions. Whereas Carlton and Carlton, they've got Cannon. they're gonna they're gonna be around till well forever. They're not gonna change anytime soon, that's for sure. So it's just it's tough and hard and in mm. a really cold place for Carlton supporters, Carlton wow. players, anything Carlton related at the moment. Well, they won't be getting a game on free to air, I reckon, next year. Let alone on Friday night or Saturday night. They'll play all their games interstate, won't they? I reckon. And in China, game, yeah. Indonesia, yeah. anywhere that Tasmania, can, anywhere that, that nobody in Melbourne can watch them, basically. Pretty much. They'll be playing games in Melbourne. And Alaska, to take, yeah. yeah, too much pressure otherwise. And then, yeah, so obviously Carlton busted us, as we already know. But, yeah, fascinating in a way. I mean, there was the whole, you know, the press conference from those really bonkers collective mind people 
from the camp, which which added to the hysteria. Like they waited till the season was over. Is that for, outra- for, most outrageous thing? That was one of the most laughable things I've ever seen. And I think the most concerning thing out of it was obviously the beer companies, like clearly a concern. But how did Brett Burton and a lot of these Adelaide um, hierarchy people? How did they come out of a meeting those people and think, oh, that, that they they seem pretty switched on. We should get involved with these guys and employ them. Like that's almost the biggest concern right there. Like they seemed like. I mean, I, I don't know what they're like for defamation lawsuits, but they seemed like a complete mon- like monkeys business. Like they had, like they, they seemed like a, a joke. Like they yeah, seemed, I, it seemed like it honestly played like a utopia type sketch. Like it played like a parody. I didn't think it felt very not real. Like it felt like completely send up. Yeah, I mean, I've it was done, like pathetic. Done, yeah. I've done no research on that company, and I don't intend to because. I don't see the relevance, but them to come out... At the, that, the days and, afterwards, yeah, yeah. At any time throughout the year, to Just say something away. like that... Go away. Irrelevant. You're an irrelevant piece of media. It's been months. Just forget months. it. Months. It's Just forget yeah, it. No one's interested. No yeah. one cares. You're, you're burning your company. Worst marketing ever. If they ever. were trying to get more people to go, oh, well, that might work. Oh, like, these no. guys are pretty switched on. Just, just be like the dust in the Go into the dark. Go away. Change your business's name and, and re re sort of phrase things a bit and maybe you'll make a nickel. But anyway. So that look that but yeah, look, in fascinating in a way. Obviously they played a completely horrible team, but fascinating that Adelaide were able to win by that much because it'll be really interesting to see the next year. I wonder what they're gonna get for McGovern and so on and so forth. So there's lots to discuss with Adelaide. Lots to discuss with Adelaide. And then one of the best games. I thought of the year, definitely one of the better games of the year. Not, not probably not top five, but probably top ten. I really liked it. I didn't get to see it live. It was on so it was on like three thirty in the morning yeah. where I was at that point. But it, I really wanted to stay up and watch it. But the Sydney Hawthorne game, just so, another classic between yeah. these two at the SCG. You as, saw it all live, hey? yeah. As as has been the norm basically with these two clubs for the best part of four years now. Hawthorne win up at the SCG. Sydney win at the MCG yeah. when they play each other. So, except on grand final day, we tip the Hawks. And then it changes. I think we year. actually got nine out of this round, or we got so eight, we got we eight or nine. Close, we did, we yeah. got very close. So this is look, and th- this is why I um, had a little bit of confidence in these two teams going on and winning their first final yeah. because they showed so much in this game. So that's the, that's the interesting discussion point out of this. Yeah, so... And the didn't Hawthorne come to teams, yeah. Yeah, so... Because after this game, you and I spoke on the on the ones we did do and I think you and I both thought, hang on a second, are they potential to win a couple of finals here? Maybe not win the flag, but are they potential mm. to at least win one and then maybe, maybe get through to a grand final? Who yeah. knows? But obviously, that, that was that was their grand final for both of these clubs. I, I think they both bought a lot of their best football. Obviously, yeah. Franklin and Parker didn't play uh, out for injury and whatnot. But it was a great spectacle. I think the best parts of the both teams' games were on show. And it was good. Yeah. It was good. good great both, game. And, and it just led to a lot of people, especially supporters of the clubs, thinking that oh, they could actually... Do some damage yeah. come finals, but it wasn't it's, to be. Well, it's now coming out that there's a lot, there was a lot of injuries around that game. I mean, I wonder whether that really battered them leading into the finals. I mean, obviously, the last final just gone, which we will get into in a minute, but no Omira, you know, no Strats. Obviously, that's really, really damaging to their game. But it's now coming out like Silk 
you know, his ribs and all sorts of problems. Mm. Like he had a bunch of issues throughout this game as well. So, but we, we will, that, that's a fascinating sort of discussion point in that Sydney and, so that, I mean, no Sydney, no Hawthorne, no Geelong in, in that final four weeks, uh, sort of final four teams, I should say, is, is a fascinating thing in itself. Mm. Because at the back end of the year, everybody thought, here we go again. Sydney, Hawthorne, Geelong, they're all in the finals again. Collingwood are there One again. of them's going to win it again. And, and well, those, yeah. well, especially those big three. Absolutely, uh, yeah. I, I know Collingwood, obviously, they won in 2010, but only the one... And, well, I guess only yeah, Sydney had the one yeah, too. But, they, but they've been in grand finals. They've been they, there so consistently. Well, 2016, they were there... Four years or three years since Collingwood played finals, so uh, something like that. Five years since yeah. they played finals, yeah. yeah. So yeah, sure. look, yeah. it's yeah, look. Obviously, they they're a long way off where they need to be to really contend. So Hawks, I think over, I think oh, over delivered, overshowed. I think this was a real tease. This looked really good, but when you got a bit closer to it, it probably wasn't so good. Oh yeah, when, sort of like an Alfa Romeo. It looked really great, but then it broke down. Every yeah, when it, when it has to get pushed against yeah. Ferraris yeah. And, and Lambos, no muster. No, no nah. good. But yeah. look, but still, really quality. Obviously, this is a great, coaching yeah. and an amazing effort by that group within Hawthorne to get it together to at least sneak the fourth position is is crazy. Yeah, and who 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 knows what would have happened had. It flipped the other way, and anyway, that's hearsay. No, yeah, but look, Sydney, Sydney, obviously falling away now. Sydney are a fascinating discussion point. So yeah. Rowan Hanbury both coming up um, and, for trade, and then now Sam yeah. Lloyd still hasn't signed. And Nick Smith, or yeah, there's a couple who, of who others wants, as well. He's looking. At, yeah, there could be a bit of an exodus, and that's not a bad thing. Everyone thinks, oh, they want no. This no. is great for club and player because. Buddy. Like Hawthorne and like some Geelong, they've been topping up and topping up because it's worked for them up until now. But now they're going to have to really think, okay, do we go and get more picks in the trade because they haven't been able to get high draft picks for a while or swap an established player for an up-and-coming young player just to add some more youth into these clubs, add a bit more pace, add a different element to their game plan because it's moving very quickly and they're going to get left behind if they don't do something quick smart so and it helps these older players like Hanbury to uh, rejuvenate his career because yeah. this year especially in parts of last year he wasn't the player from two three years ago and he's not that old so here's my next question can you smell what Sydney are cooking because there is no way that they're not prepping something here. I don't know what it is. I don't know who they're targeting. But this is going to be a crazy trade period. Oh, yeah. To move Hanbury, which, if they can find a suitor, is a great deal. And I think St Kilda, I mean... Look, I have no idea where Hanbury's body's at, obviously. But this is a very good deal for Sydney. If they can get him out two years... Well, it's like, it's like two, three years earlier... <coughs> Excuse me. Fix their cap up. Get Rowan out as well, who's have barely contributed for ages now. Fix that out. I, I, it's going to be fascinating to see what they do with the trade period because they, while they've got Buddy there and still in very very good form. I mean, he he was hampered with injury for a lot of the year, missed a couple of games as well, and still was unbelievable. But while they've got him there and they've got a really you know quality core with you know Kennedy Parker. 
a bunch Heaney, a lot of these sort of they guys. They get Sinclair back. They'll get Sinclair back as well. So once all that sort of comes together, I mean, there's got to be something. There's something's happening here. I don't know what it is, but something is going on here. There's yeah. no way all this movement's happening Do for not. them just to go, oh, no, no, we're just going to gather some picks. No, no, no. The, the, while Buddy's in, in his peak, yeah. it, you, you're mad to not. Because the reality is, in two or three years' time, this, then, then, all right, well, then there's probably no point. Then they've got to start to rebuild again, and then it, it is what it is. Absolutely. But, right not, now, it's on. It's absolutely, absolutely. on. Something's going to happen. Nobody's talking about it. Do Very not be few. Su- do not be surprised <laughs> if they're not targeting Gaff. Stephen May. Shields. Yeah. They'll, every, they'll talk to everybody. All the, yeah, yeah. Everyone that's on the table. McGovern will be speaking to them as well. Yeah, I think I think they need more outside run. They, they, I think they got exposed. I don't disagree, but I reckon they're talking to basically oh, everyone. They'll be talking to Sh- anyone. Shield one thousand percent. They've spoken to absolutely him because he would be perfect for them, especially with Hanbury coming it's just out whether, and not being. It's what just he whether is. they can give anything to GWS in return. That's the only problem. It's a problem, but at the same time, they want Buddy. Some, yeah, <laughs> finally, finally, something they well, want. Well, they might do it. Years ago, yeah. No, it, they're inter- yeah, they're 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 up to their necks. They're it, deep. It, they're in deep, deep. Something is going on. So you can bet you can take that to the bank. I'd be shocked if nothing happens. So that that's something, and we will talk a bit about that in this episode yeah. as well. So but, then, so yeah, but it's that that game is incredible, and yeah, look, bit of a bit of a tease there, Hawthorne in the end. But um, yeah, so Brisbane Eagles again. Brisbane just not getting enough opportunities. I mean, Brisbane really should have won this game in the end. They were quite good, but, you know, just not getting enough. 11-6 to 14-14. Eagles only going at 50%, but they still only just, you know, not not particularly ideal. So, nah. it's, um yeah. Look, good signs for Brisbane. Eagles, a bit, well, like, um, bit like some of the other clubs that we've just talked about in this yeah. round. They just did what they needed to do, get over the line, get ready for finals. They got it done. We tipped the eggs. And the we, this was one of the ones we were tempted. No, this was the one I We I were tempted to go. Oh, you went oh, the other way? Yeah, I, was, okay. I, I went Brisbane. I thought, nah, Brisbane will just... Maybe I got none. I don't remember. Yeah. I don't know what other teams... Are. Maybe I tipped Giants. Who knows? But what I would say out of this game, though, it, that I guess as a talking point, so looking at it, is that Brisbane... The Lockie Neal thing is fascinating. I mean, the lock that came completely out of the blue, and I, I didn't know Lockie Neal wanted to leave, let alone he's wanting to go to Queensland. So yeah. I, I don't. I mean, all you hear is that that's very on that that Neal is going to go to Brisbane. So I hope he I, does. That's great for football. It's great for their their side to get a quality player like that in there. It's garbage for Fife. I mean, the reality is he's he cl- he's the clear second best player. At Fremantle, I don't know who's the second best if it's not him. If there's, if clubs are talking to Fife's manager right now, yeah. I'll go jump as well. Maybe he's going to Sydney. Imagine that, Buddy and Fife. The reality is, who knows? Really, yeah. Anything's possible. Yeah. So, and we don't normally. It's not as crazy as NBA, but it's pretty no. bonkers still. Yeah, and we gen- generally during the season we won't talk. Like no, this, but, it, but this we're doing a catch-up episode. Yeah, and this yeah. time of year is when you're allowed to just loosen up and just throw out some of the most ridiculous possibilities. Well, people have been asking us. Yeah. People have been tweeting us and emailing us about all this different stuff that's been going on the last two or three weeks. It was way too hard to do it properly uh, while I was away and, you know, two sides yeah. of the hemispheres. But, uh, yeah, look, it's fascinating, isn't it? I mean, that, it that's it, the, the interesting thing, I think, I, what I've taken away from, I think, so far with the trade discussions is it's really interesting that it sounds like, I mean, this is all rumours, obviously, but it, it seems like that a few lower teams are going to get some very good players. 
So Lockheed Neal to Brisbane. Yep. McGovern to uh, Carlton. But a big part of that is they want the number one pick that they can use for Lacocious. But the reality is Sam Rowe could still go number one. So I think he will. Carlton, well, Carlton, are gonna, Carlton are not getting rid of it because they'll get, take Rowe. Yeah, they're silly it, not to. It's well, exactly. If that's to happen, it's a fascinating. That's a fascinating scenario yeah. around it, isn't it? But yeah, look, West Coast getting it done. I mean, obviously that that this this wasn't a tease. This was a no. quality win away, and and you can see why they're in a prelim. They're, they're a great side. They are a great side. Yeah. And then yeah, so Melbourne then really belting the Giants. So this was this was a game, and they really should have won by a lot more. Fifteen, twelve. They were fairly inaccurate, and this was the slip that you and I started to predict happening i remember i don't know whether i can't remember whether we both went melbourne but i, I definitely went I, yeah, now I, I think I, about it, i think we both did i did definitely went melbourne yeah, yeah i think yeah. we both did in the end i think we both sniffed that there, there was a slide coming with the giants i didn't see it coming that they would win as much as they did a couple of weeks ago no but i did tip them to lose last last time so i i, I don't know it's 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 really where are the giants at so shields coming out all, all the talk is that they're a million dollars over the cap, that they have to shift people out. They're way overs. I don't know how you get that bloody far yeah, over. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's just speculative. Sounds um, cool. I think it's just the media beating it up just to see if uh, there's more players coming and going. I think they're, they're pushing it, absolutely. How can you not with the talent that's on that list? But look, they're not going to trade out anyone unless they get the right deal for them yeah. and, and I think all the players up there are pretty well knit bunch and if they have to take some pay cuts for next year they'll do so they still have fallen short again Yeah. so that's three years in a row now and a lot of people were predicting flags we weren't I definitely weren't we, we ne- definitely weren't well, I definitely we wasn't, wasn't. <laughs> you no. and I both said for ages obviously off the podcast we, we didn't have a podcast then but we were we've always said that the Giants I mean, the reality is, yes, they've put together an incredible team. Like, on paper, it was unbelievable. But that doesn't win you flags. That's not guaranteed. You can't just Unless throw the talent together. Warriors. Yeah, but that, that, but they were... Yeah, but you look at, as an example, basketball's a bit different in terms of, yeah. like, how much two, small, three yeah, two or three players can control a game. two or three players can control a game. Exactly. Like, if, if Curry and Durant get six, 60, 70 for the night, I mean, that's, that's it. Even if they get 50 for the night, that's still fantastic. But either way, that, mm. but those guys were peaking at that time... At oh, the yeah. exact right time. Whereas you look at the Giants, a lot of these guys are very young. Right now is when they should potentially be winning flags. And a couple of them look like they're going to leave. Yeah. So that's the thing. It's not... Yeah, it's it's a very interesting one with the Giants. Because a lot's been invested. It's cost the AFL a fortune. And, and the reality is, it does. I don't see a, a flag coming out of this group. I don't. I, I, I was one of the few, and that's not big known myself, to suggest... Just because I'm an adamant believer that you need to build the culture from within mm. the club first, and then that will transpire onto the field. It's great that they're being super competitive and they're doing a lot of things. I'm not saying that they don't have a good culture, but it's a eight year old culture. Yeah. So that ability and and all the outside new noise or lack of being in Sydney, the the vacuum that doesn't. Really get into sport like it does in Melbourne. No, it's really, really hard to get all that momentum with the bigger uh, population. So if in Victoria, as Odessa, a lot of or the southern states in particular, where AFL dominates, even those people who sit on the fence with football get on board with whatever team they follow. Come finals, yeah, and then all of a sudden that swells and there's that big, big momentum pushing that cl- uh, club forward. So. 
Yeah, look, who knows? I think they're still going to be super competitive over the next few years. And, mate, if they don't have a debacle, debacable uh, injury debacle. list... But, yeah, I'm making up words again. Cooked one. Cooked injury list like yeah. they did this year, and they can get... 90% of their best players playing regular football. That's They're the going thing. to be hard to They're beat. They're still so stacked. I mean, if yeah. Lob leaves, that's not ideal. You hear that a lot, that Lob's going. You even hear Scully's going. How funny would it be if he came back to Melbourne? <laughs> he left for so Wouldn't much cash hell- and just oh, came mate, back. Melbourne win a flag before he gets one up GWS. Yeah. Oh, suck shit. Well, that is- <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> no, but it's like Trelaw as well, going to... To Collingwood, but anyway, well, they could, who knows? In two weeks, I could look like a moron for saying that, but who knows? Who knows? No, yeah. look, I think Mel, yeah, this was when they really announced themselves when that West Coast yeah. win was huge, but then also, you know, really belting the Giants was was a massive thing because I think a lot of people thought the Giants would potentially sneak this one. This was a huge game, and often in big games, Melbourne have fallen away. So this was them sort of again proving we can do it again, away yeah. and, and do it at home and they do it at home. Yeah, so they were able against to do two very big, good teams, big yeah. clubs, big wins, and so they went into the final series hot, hot and not with cold, lots like of confidence as well. So yeah. they took, they really got the monkey off their back about being able to stand up in big games. Got the Jack Watts off the back, yeah, yeah. Well, literally, he's, yeah. He's gone to a club that. Oh, he's rubbed off on them really well. Well, he barely gets a game there. Mm. Yeah. That's a bit harsh, but it's true though. Anyway, next one, St Kilda North. So, North uh, going for any injured player they can. I mean, it's not North, sorry, St Kilda. They're basically trying to... I mean, Hannibal's busted up, we'll take him. Yeah, they, they, Old mate's they, busted, we'll take him. They are going to be the St Kilda Walking Dead. Well, basically, it's a new mascot, the Walking Dead, all bandaged up, mm. coming straight out of the. Uh, it's concerning, isn't it? When they when what? they're trying to throw all these tickets into players that have been cooked for a while, I would absolutely love Hanbury to come to St Kilda and be very good. I think that would be great for football, but that's absolutely not a guarantee. No, and if they are going after Hanbury, the give don't go after any other old players. No. Or a seasoned player, just to say, not old. Start. They've got a really good, youthful base. They yeah. just need continuity. Have some patience. Look at Melbourne and what they've done. Look at Richmond and what they've done. Look at Western Bulldogs and what they've done. They have built by doing the right thing, getting young players and keeping them for a long period of time. Yeah. Five, six years time. Then they understand the game plan, and then it's the execution, because... Well, look what's about to happen at Geelong. I, re- yeah. I reckon Geelong are a big chance to fall off the cliff. Yeah, so, yeah, interesting times. Obviously, uh, North Melbourne playing for Pride. Some of them may have been playing for Brownie to get the Coleman, but he didn't get it in the end. <clears throat> yeah, North, North were an interesting team this year. I mean, a lot of people yeah. tipped them to be absolute rubbish, bottom of the ladder, no good, really garbage. But they were really good. I mean, yeah. they, they were really, really impressive. Yeah, I was absolutely ecstatic by um, how well they played this year. So, yeah. interesting that they just missed out on the finals. We sort of suggested halfway through the year we were concerned at how the young in their team and would be able to continue to move and hold up over the rigours of AFL football. They did extremely well. I think they still exceeded most people's expectations. And yeah. there shouldn't be any disappointment from a North Melbourne supporter base. Obviously, missing out on finals and being in the top eight for the best part of the year hurts, and it's tough. But, look, they're going on the, the right path. And if they get Pollock and Gaff and 
everybody else they're going after. Who knows? Well, the, is the war chest <laughs> is the war chest finally going to cash in? Well, or do they just take heed and only bring in two? Because obviously it hasn't really worked for Port. You could say it didn't work for Essendon to a degree. They bought in yeah, three true. and yeah. didn't play finals. Yeah, I think if they get Pollock and one other top end, a Gaff or a May. I think that's all they need. I think what they've got at the moment is really good and you want to hold that nucleus. You don't want these young guys, these 22, 23-year-olds who just started to establish themselves go, oh, I can't get a game now because the stars come in. That just deflates and they'll start going elsewhere and that'll help another team. So yeah, I think they'll be very cautious of that. Scotty's a pretty switched-on dude. I'm but. surprised you never hear North's name mentioned around Tom Lynch. I mean, they've got so much money. It's a Melbourne team. I mean... Does he? I mean, I know he wants to play for big club, but imagine having Tom Lynch and Ben Brown. I don't think that's why. I don't think it works that well. We don't know. We don't know, but I don't think they want to throw one million dollars at him when they've got Ben Brown. That's a superstar. Yeah. When they went just because they need that midfield depth a bit more. Yeah, I mean it's true. I mean, I guess ultimately, I mean, I assume they're into May. I don't obviously know. Well, yeah, because. Tarrant and Thompson are aging, so mm. you probably want to have a backup plan for one of them. I, yeah, I, I would definitely be. I think team. every Victorian club's into May. Everyone's into May, and everybody's into Shield because they're yeah. they're, they're both workhorse players. You know what you're going to get. Yeah. Well, I guess absolutely. May's been pretty frustrated this year, but I'm still confident that you can know what you're going to get. Shield's obviously proven himself. Yeah. But if you take this, but he's in the top side though. To be fair, absolutely. And if you take this year out. For May, he's been a Most stalwart. Of the time. He's, he's had some very good games, games this year, to yeah, be fair. He's been a stalwart at that club, and it's just frustrating. Obviously, he's seen so many players leave. Yeah. He's like, far out. Why and am I club, staying? The club's basically made out of cardboard. I mean, I think he's, yeah. Yeah, there's only so much. A Everybody would do. get frustrated. Yeah. So then, yeah, that, that's basically around 23. So that's a bit of a run through the team in terms of, you know, teams and, you know, that, that kind of round in terms of who won and what happened and, and kind of the discussion points of that week, I guess. Yeah. And then the first week of the finals, obviously a lot of teams fall, fall off the perch from there right into that first week. So first game, and this was, you know, such an enormous game, and we spoke a bit about it on the podcast with Richmond versus Hawthorne. So, you know, of course, these two teams play while I'm on the other side of the earth. The first time ever in a final and yeah, anyway yeah. But that, it is what it is but a huge game Richmond we both tipped the Tigs uh, I think he, did you go with Hawthorne no you went yeah, with yeah. Hawks <laughs> threw it away threw it away yeah, <laughs> no so. but it's, it's it's love that's why he did it yeah but I think yeah look I think 31 points this was about where well I thought that this would sort of fall I, I didn't say Richmond belting or anything I thought that would be sort of 20 to 30 points but yeah look, obviously way too much polish um, and I think they've just got their game plan covered and, and you know they're able to nullify a lot of what makes Hawthorne work and once you're able to do that. They just don't have enough weapons at the moment, Hawthorne. And if you can shut down... If you've got a good enough team... And Richmond are good enough to really kind of nullify Smith, Stratton and Mitchell. And then if you can sort of do most of that and and provide enough pressure on a lot of their forwards. It, I know that's a lot of things to do, but if you've got a good team, the reality is they they're not that they're not very good. All yeah, absolutely. And I mean, overall, for me, I've, I've watched essentially ninety five percent of all of the games live in the finals, and the one thing that's been really clear in um, all of the winners is that they've taken advantage of their opportunities. Not all, not at every moment, but when it's really counted, 
that's what they've done. And Hawthorne definitely had their opportunities in the first half yeah. and didn't capitalise on actually probably playing the better football in the first half in this game mm. and it resulted in a breakdown um, just because Richmond are so good. Their structures, their defensive structures were really good. They didn't allow Richmond to run through the middle as convincingly as they have throughout the home and away season. But again, then when the pressure cooker came, yeah, mm. the, the top end talent, it, it's a bit thinner at Hawthorne at the moment than it is at Richmond. <laughs> Look, so they've got some nice pillars. They've got some nice pillars, and, <clears throat> but, and, but yeah. it just breaks down, and that's why Richmond is so good. They could be 20, 30 points down at the start of the last quarter, yeah. even in a prelim, knowing that their pressure, the way that they play, just chips away and chips away and sucks the life out of the other team. Yeah. It gives them that opportunity to take advantage on a spilt. Uh, ball, kick a quick goal and the get problem, momentum again. Yeah. yeah, and the problem as well is Richmond knew all of Hawthorne's tricks. Oh, absolutely. There was nothing they threw at them that they didn't know was going to happen. So no, exactly I, right. I didn't notice really. I, I know um, Hardwick said he mentioned a couple of things, like some of the placement of, of Smith at times, and I, I remember this in the in the press comments. But I mean, ultimately, I, I don't think there was too much. That was he. You know, it was all pretty sort of rudimentary. And then next game, so Melbourne versus the Cats. Huge game. They got well over 90,000. Enormous game. So this is, you know, about as big as it gets. Yeah, big, so crowd, they got, big, they got big crowds at the MCG for the first Yeah, so we there. saw about, I was just about to say, we saw about 200,000 through that through that couple of games. I mean, look, I, I went with the Ds. You went with the Cats. I, I absolutely understand your argument. The other thing, too, is it's not like they won by a lot, actually. 29 points is not a heap. Yeah. And again, Geelong had their opportunities and just could not yeah. keep goals or even kick a score they'd get it into their forward yeah. half and Melbourne's defence just kept rebounding kept rebounding and then when their opportunities came they made Geelong dearly pay so yeah. and this is where they let them back into the game too yeah. I mean Geelong I mean sorry Melbourne really let Geelong back into the game which is not ideal but I mean they still they did enough they did enough and obviously there would have been moments not too many that um, etched back to the game down at the Cattery where they're up and then they lost famously, and they were able to get Again. pushed. Yeah, and then they were able to push through it, obviously. And, yeah. and obviously, and now they happened twice. Happened, happened at the twice, MCG yeah. early in the year, and then and, and then GMHBA yeah, later. Yeah. In the year. So look, this was. I'm glad. I, this was the game that I didn't watch a lot live. I listened to it on the radio. I was driving a fair bit um, while this was on. I'm sort of glad that I listened to more of it on the radio. I think I would have got frustrated watching it because it didn't sound like it was. The highest skill game, I think it was a lot of no. pressure. Typical uh, finals football, which doesn't always result in the best of yeah. viewing type of game, this, if you're not a supporter. No, and that's the thing. I think this... So this really started the, the, the sort of narrative that the final series this year hasn't been that great. Because Richmond were tipped to win, they won. Melbourne... I think they might have actually gone in it was about favourites at this reckon, point, or yeah. it was very close. But this wasn't a great game. And then the Giants really smashed Sydney. Sydney were horrendous, which we'll get into in a minute. The last game was very good. West Coast, Collingwood. Collingwood could have won this game. So, yeah, I mean, look, Melbourne, Geelong, this this sort of continued that run of Melbourne, didn't it? Because they, you know, they got it, they beat the Eagles, and then they, they beat the Giants, and then they beat the Cats. Yeah. And that's the thing. They're, they're three, you know, big teams, as, as you would say, and, and that's, that really put them in really good stead to just keep on keeping on. Yeah. 
And then, yeah, Sydney. Wow. So this was, I on the podcast tipped the Swans. I think you went with the Swans as well. Did we both go with the Swans? I think we both did. I'm pretty sure we both did. Yeah. And we I both went with, I went got with egg all on the, the face. Yeah, I went with the, uh, the old I think school. you got two and I got four. No, I, uh, three, I only got West Coast because I went with the old the old stages in Hawthorne Geelong. I went with West Coast as well. And West Coast. But uh, West Coast is the only team I picked in this um, first Oh, wow. Did you get bombed the whole way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh, I, went wow. with the old, no I, went, I picked the old heads. One for four. One and for I, four, yeah. I got three. Well, oh. I was lucky in my tipping comp because I'm back on top now, which is nice. funny as. But yeah, this, this was <laughs> arguably the worst performance I've seen from a Sydney Swans team this century this was embarrassing I mean this is something like they, and this the, is why we're doing this episode to catch up on this is flattering for them considering with 15 minutes to go they were at about 22 points or 18 points or something ridiculous they were, they were about to hit all the records they don't want to um, break well so, they did they, it, was the, it was the lowest score like there was a whole bunch of things like it was it yeah, was horrific it was horrific but I mean on, on the flip side but again this is fascinating had they taken their opportunities especially in the second quarter and taken any momentum that GWS were um, building on they could have gone into halftime a goal, maybe two goals up, yeah. and who knows what happens from there. But they just couldn't. They couldn't get it forward. Uh, Davis was absolutely yeah, phenomenal t- 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 Franklin, on yeah. Franklin. Franklin, again. Obviously, I still think he went in with that sore groin, and that's obviously going to hurt him a little bit. And then he gets frustrated, but he didn't get very good delivery anyway. So I don't think he was going to have a day out with that. But yeah, Davis was amazing. Uh, I still can't believe he doesn't get the recognition that some other backmen do. Still yeah. not at all Australian again. And he, quite achiever. Yeah, quite achiever. But yeah, the rest of... The Sydney Swans were just deplorable. I've never seen them play with Nothing such, worked. Well, no energy, nothing. No, The first quarter, they were good. And then from there, the, the Giants just went about business and took control of the game and, and pushed on. And I mean, guys like Lockie Whitfield, obviously having his breakout season and... Um, Obviously, yeah. Davis was very good. And then, and then the engine room were all amazing. So, yeah, big win. Yeah, a big win. So, yeah, I mean, overall, not a great finals round so far. And then the last game was very good. But, I mean, look, Giants teased it a bit because they, they looked really, really good that week. And I kind of went against the grain and tipped the Giants to lose the following week. I don't know, I just got a feeling that, that there was going to be a bit of a hill there. Yeah. And I think they really pushed it all year to get to the point that they were at. But yeah, incredible to see Sydney fall away like that. I think they really realise that they are not in the position that they thought they were in. And while, no. while they've got a few genuine stars like Luke Parker and Buddy and obviously Heaney and people like this as well and some, some decent youth too and McCartan look like he's going to be a player and a few of these guys. I mean, they have to sign. Hopefully they can get Lloyd to sign. I, don't, I reckon he might go as well. But anyway, that, that's another story. But this was shocking to see. I could not believe when I... Because I, I was going to watch this game, but it was like 3.30 in the morning again. And I thought, oh, look, I just can't watch it. I watched... Yeah. Uh, no, actually, no, this one was... Sorry. This, this one was saw. at midnight. And so I watched it about... Yeah, half. And I fell asleep. Yeah. <laughs> But I couldn't believe the score when I woke up. I was like, I had to read it twice. I was like, come on, that can't be right. Yeah, and, and obviously the end margin is not that dissimilar to the, the Geelong and Hawthorne losses. The difference was Essendon looked lifeless. Hawthorne lost on the back of 
not the same amount of talent across the whole team and then having a number of their best players having really quiet nights. Yeah. Uh, Geelong, again, don't have enough sort of second tier and third tier quality players yeah. to, to run with Melbourne. But they tried and had the ball f- uh, fall in their way in, in crucial moments. Who knows? It could have, could have changed the outcome or, or brought the margin closer. But after quarter time, Sydney just... I mean, they were 18 points for, for such a long period of this game. Yeah. They just they just didn't go about the very the most unsydney like game I've ever seen. So I, the, the game plan didn't work, structures didn't work, nothing worked. Nothing worked but defensively yeah. and offensively. It was both horrific. And then the last game, Eagles Pie. So really a classic. I think one of the better. I think probably top five of the year, if not top three. This was an incredible game. It was without the skill level. I don't. I didn't think it was a highly skilled game, but that didn't. Deter from the actual um, viewing. I loved what I, I did. I got I to know. see this I think whole it was game. Pretty good, but yeah, maybe not as high as ever. But I think for the year, it was pretty damn good. I mean, the, had the Varco factor to it, which was oh huge. yeah, absolutely. And then bringing back players that hadn't played for a while in Kennedy, Darling. I, I yeah. get, I get the reasons around it. Just from a, a, a sort of, I guess, a purist's perspective. I'm not a purist, but it wasn't clean as clean a football as some of the other passages in the other games. And it was who was going to really. It was the other game. Like, that was the. It was the best game of that round, easily. Oh, I don't think so. Everyone had different basically. Only only so. because of the margin. No, I would no, It was a good game. I mean, the Melbourne Melbourne were in control. But Melbourne were in control all day. Hawthorne didn't look like winning. GWS were in control all day. You didn't know what was going to happen, and that's what's exciting about sport when you've got no idea what's going to happen. I get from yeah, I get that. But oh, that's I, the only game of the whole round that was actually close. That's that makes it exciting. That's what sport is, really. I, I get what you're saying about it might not be as tight, but everyone has said that that was an absolute classic. But anyway, oh I, yeah, no, I'm not saying way. it's not. I just don't think it was. Uh, yeah, it's it's hard to explain. I, and it's my whole two weeks since doesn't matter, played. Yeah. It doesn't matter anyway. It was a very good game of football. I just, I just think... Given the re- the finals haven't been that great. Great. I oh, mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's a standout. It's easily the yeah. standout. And I think of that round, it's comfortably the best game. I mean, there's ne- every other game, one team is in control all day. Whereas, the, I mean, the Eagles look like losing even a few minutes to go. When Varco kicks that goal, there's only, what, is there four or five minutes to go? Yeah, something like that. It's pretty tight like it absolutely could have gone the other way but anyway really good game I really liked it uh, I thought the Eagles were really really strong and I thought Kennedy's second half was amazing and you could see why they are such a good side and the Pies were really really brave I mean I, they were so close to winning this game I mean imagine imagine had they won this it flips the entire finals doesn't it I think that's the other thing I think but that that's the other reason why this game I think's been really heralded is that so much rested on what was going to happen. I know, obviously, they, things rest on all the games, but something really rested on this. I mean, that would have flipped a whole range of things. Oh, absolutely. Well, yeah. there's no Richmond-Collingwood game. Well, more so, West Coast have to travel during the finals. Yeah. They would have had to come to Melbourne. But funny enough, the probably matchup that had the most talking were the two players that had been out for such a long period of time in uh, Kennedy and Goldsack. Yeah. And Goldsack, I thought, was <clears throat> He's been one great. of the best players for Collingwood. I mean, they had a lot. There wasn't too many players that didn't uh, pull, uh, put their hand up for this game. But that was an interesting duel all game. And I thought Goldsack held his head very, very high. Yeah. And then obviously Kennedy, just the amount of ball that kept coming to him and him being able to present, he uh, got the job done right when it needed to get done. And here we are, 
two weeks down the track and they're um, both into the prelim though. Yeah, I mean, it's exciting, isn't it? And then the next week, so Hawthorne and the D's. Well, I went with D's. At this point, did you get off the horse train? Uh, I don't remember what we... I don't think no, we even I got tips for I, this. Yeah, no, I, I did. I, I didn't go into this very confidently, having seen what uh, they did. The, the fall week. away. Yeah, then, and also just no seeing Stratton, how good... And, no Amira you know, as well. No Amira really hurt. No Stratton, obviously. And I was very concerned about the very young players in Harry Morrison and Warble and how they would cope. And Sean Magus was a bit down. I mean, he's a triple-A great player. Oh, so. absolutely. Can't believe he's still on our <laughs> list. But anyway, yeah, look, I didn't think... The thing for me, and, and I hope he, he probably will get trading a big deal, and that's Luke Bruce. He's great during the AFL home and away season, but... Oh, did you feel you missed Vickery in this game? Missed Vickers big time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Look... Obviously, comfortable margin in the end, but I don't think too many Melbourne supporters would have been feeling at ease until about twenty no. minute mark at the last quarter. Twenty second, twenty mark. mark yes, yeah, so, yeah. So it was this. Was, this was this was arguably the best game of the final series so far because there was a lot of um, high skill uh, passages, lots of pressure as well. Yeah, and just a. a, a Thoroughly entertaining game of footy. Melbourne got more class across the board. Their youth, their speed, it's, so much went for right for them as well. Mm. And, and then, obviously, the senior players that Hawthorne have relied on too long kind of stood up, kind of didn't. Gunston had a good game, but blew his chances in front of goal, which, again, could have been a momentum swing. Burgoyne comes out admitting that he had played with broken ribs while we playing him. Uh, and That's Bruce, and what Bruce, I was going to say. And yeah. Bruce, well, why? Like, again, two weeks in a row, can't get involved. I don't know. He the missed a lot of shots. Too. Yeah, why is, is he injured? Who knows? I, lots of, lots of, to come out of Hawthorne, and obviously, Clarko's never shied away from making the big calls, and we'll see what happens. But all, all credit to Melbourne, they were phenomenal. Uh, Petrarca obviously uh, started to show what he's very capable of. Oliver, Gunn, Gorn, easily the best Ruckman now in the comp. He stood up. Yeah, I mean, I think he's had a better final series than um, old mates. Yeah. The other question I had too, I mean, I, we haven't spoken about this in a time, obviously, but Gunston as well. What happened to old mate Gunners? Like, I don't think, I mean, he was really good early on in the finals and a bit sort of back end of the year. Didn't really see a lot from him, really. So, oh, well... He could have had eight, he could have kicked eight goals in this game and they probably would have won had he done it. Well, but that's but that's I mean what I'm like the, is, that's the hard yeah. part about forwards is that's how you judge them is that he kicked three five, five. but I mean that ultimately that's it. Do you know what I mean? Like I know he could have done that, but he didn't, and that's that's the hard part with when you judge a forward. It's so hard because it's like well yeah he could have been unbelievable, but accuracy just murdered them in this game. Yeah, someone needs to sit down to him next to him and go mate. He and Bruce though they were both. Oh, Bruce scored. was horrible, horrible. Couldn't get at least Gunston also had touches and got involved in the play up the field. Whoever's on Bruce blanketed him, and this is not the first final series that Luke Bruce go, has gone missing. Missing, yeah. He's gone missing, and this is why a lot of people were talking about him being a potential trade. Uh, piece over the last few years and I think he's going to be a trade piece this year for Shield yeah I think him and Segler uh, Segzy Segzy will go to GWS really? and for I Shield think, yeah 
that's my call right out. And as a replacement for Lobb, the sexy goes in. Oh, I think they just have a need a replacement. Because I reckon Lobb's going to go to the West Coast. I think that, or they're getting ready for Patton to um, be offloaded as or well. Or straight swap for Nahas. Oh, Nahas. I did hear it uh, might be making a comeback. Yeah, all three players Edge, for Nahas. Edgy be Tumfus. The Tom. I miss the Tom. <laughs> I like the Tom. I know, he's still, over, he's still at Port, but he can't get a Is game. Is he yeah. on the list? Still? Unless you retire. No, I think they might have delisted him, actually, just oh, quietly. Oh, look out. Let's... The Tom is on the move. <laughs> yeah, that's it. He's coming yeah, look, to the Hawks. I'll go to the Hawks. Oh, no, we've got MP. I mean, that's all we need at the moment. But <laughs> Meanwhile, many... what a, what a, speaking of him. Yeah, too many players. Just... He tried, and I, I can see he's going to be something good for Hawthorne. He... But they all just got rattled. When the pressure was there, they just got rattled time and time again. Obviously, when you had the cool heads of Lewis, Mitchell, Hodge, and these guys on every line, Birchall, etc., it didn't help. But look, these um, brave, sort of very confident, very humble Melbourne youngsters, they just... They're a delight to watch, and credit to them, though. They were a much better team over the four quarters. Uh, Hawthorne had their chances, obviously, but not to be. Uh, it's disappointing that it's twice now straight sets exits for not Hawthorne, ideal. last two final series that they played in. Not oh, ideal, it doesn't. Damn it. You've only had 100 flags. Yeah, last... oh, look, I'm not disappointed personally. <laughs> you know, I've seen lots of flags and lots of success. I don't think there's going to be too many violins even oh, for that. But... No, not at all. Nobody, no. And nobody else that. <laughs> Doesn't follow Hawthorne's bleeding hearts. I have some um, good news. I have some good news for you though. If you needed some more good news, Vigri retired. No, no, Jimmy Thomas was delisted. I just checked it while oh, you were was. talking. Oh, so. yes, we could get him. Yes, could be the next yeah. Nahas. It'd be funny as it could be. It could be the new sort of small sneaky forward. No, but in Bro, I mean, Sizzler style. Yeah, it could be. Speaking of, what's with all that's this tough. stuff that's still going on that Sizzler might be coming back? Everyone's crazy. Can these people let this Shut shit up. go? Yeah. Why, why would he do what he did if he's going to come back? What a piss around. Having to come all the way back. I'd be very, it's a long way to go. Big flight. Big flight. Be very surprised. And look, he's doing his bit for the family. There's a couple of other Rizzers that are on the, on the, yeah. on the rise. I think it'd be too much for AFL if there was three. Yeah, that's true. But, geez, he would have been handy... On the field in this game. Especially with all your outs yeah. as well. So, look, I was going to go somewhere else with that, but no, it doesn't matter. Rizzo? Yeah. No, I think he's done. But no, in brighter in uh, brighter news for Hawthorne supporters, we've got a couple of grand finals this weekend in the VFL when the mm, AFL, VFLW. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. You, you'd, love, <laughs> you'd love this to be a Hawthorne uh, podcast. Anyway, no, but, not quite. No, I'm joking. But no, look, Mel- Melbourne obviously really standing up. Yeah, massive absolutely. effort. I know the Hawks had their chances, but at the same time, it doesn't matter. They still got it done. The D's really, you know, started the game pretty well as well. So and sixteen eight kicked accurate in front yeah, of goal, and that's a big problem. I mean, interestingly, I think you know Melbourne went with that really chaos style at sections of the year, and it would work against mid rung and lower teams. But against your top teams, it just didn't work because they would have, you know, yep. 24, like maybe sort of like 10 goals or sort of six, seven or eight goals, maybe like 15 points, something ridiculous, like way inaccurate because they would just bomb it in so like yeah. insanely. And I think it took them a while to be able to play at that pace as well. Oh, for sure. And this, so, don't forget, this is almost a hundred point turnaround since yeah. when they met at the start of the year. So that's huge. Nobody really discussed that. 
So that's massive. Yeah, yeah. They, um, they're looking really, really good, Melbourne. They are. So a couple other things. So Stevenson won the Rising Star, which we tipped. So that, yeah. that happened while we were away. Not a surprise. A um, couple of best and fairest have been announced. Nothing really sort of surprising out of there. Nothing's oh, really anything You know what I'm really about. surprised is that Jack Stevens is yeah. the second most high, highly awarded best and fairest at St Kilda behind Nick Rewalt. What? How many's he had? He's got four now. Well, I guess they've been terrible though. Yeah. Who's their second best player? How, how does Robert Harvey not have more best and fairest at St Kilda than anyone? There's some, That's there's ridiculous. Some, there's some stuff from that era that makes no sense. Like there's some unbelievable players for you know whether it's Brownlow or whatever. There's, I mean Brownlow's a bit, obviously a bit silly because it's the whole. He's got two. Thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he's yeah. only got three or less no, BNS. Oh man, yeah. But so there's a lot of players. Yeah, I, I agree. I think there's a lot of players from that era that it just doesn't make sense. No. How they don't have more of something else. Like it just doesn't. It makes no, no sense. sense. Not to, uh, the, all respect to Jack Stephen. And there was some good players player, playing while he's playing. Harvey was there, but please, he's he was unbelievable. Absolute star. Yeah, he, he was almost the best midfielder of his time. He was ridiculous. Running machine. Yeah. Um, so Talking about running machines? machines. Collingwood. Oh, Collingwood. that's where he coaches. That's it. So Collingwood were excellent against the Giants. In the end, only by 10 points. But the Giants were brave. But at the same time, didn't matter. I mean, the reality is this game should have been way, 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 way one-sided. done. And one-sided after quarter time, let alone yeah. half time. So nine fifteen to nine five. So the, the pie should have been seven up. or something at one stage. Oh, I was sickening. Yeah, it looked nerve wracking at one point. I so I watched this. I was back by this point. I saw this live. This was the first game I was able to see live because I was in the air because the damn Dallas flight got cancelled, so I didn't get to see the Hawks Melbourne live. I was in the air at that point, but finally landed. Jet lagged as hell. I fell asleep for sections of the game, but I watched a good 90 percent. Only nodded off a couple of times. But the Pies, yeah, I mean, great effort. And it was a great game to watch, actually. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed watching this, this really game. Good. I watched this with my um, in-laws, who are from up north. I don't really follow, um, not too far north. It's only Canberra, but I say up north. Over the border. Over the border. Too far over the border. But, joke, no, jokes aside, but they um, they don't particularly follow AFL. And they were really engaged in this game. So if they're engaged, it must have been a pretty good game. Because they don't necessarily follow sport, let alone football, let alone you know want, yeah. want to watch the entire. Yeah, game. this is the type of I AFL. Like this is the type of AFL game that you want to show. Pies to, are great to watch to someone who doesn't know a lot about it or is from overseas, never seen it before, because it showed all the different elements, the good and the bad. Exactly. Yeah. And just how skillful, elite AFL footballers need to be. Yeah. Um, so there's Pikes and then there's De going. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, there's there's Himmelberg sort of like you know missing marks, and mm. and then there's and Trelaw then, who had no hamstrings five weeks ago to be able to zigzag his way out of traffic in the third and fourth quarter, like they were witches hats and we know of all teams Giants don't have any witches hats so yeah it had it all and obviously up and down scores who was in front. Collingwood, I think, like you mentioned, should have been well and truly in control of this game halfway through the second quarter. Even these Canberrans I was watching the game with were asking me, why is Degoe getting so much um, space to be able to kick a, a damaging score? And I, I didn't know how to answer that. I said, all well, their structures are garbage, obviously. They don't know what they're doing. Well, he had a lot. Well, he had a breather at the preseason, so mm-hmm. he had a bit of time to rest up. And They tried. Well, that's the thing. I mean, they, I mean, the Giants tried different things, but none of it worked. The other thing we haven't discussed too, so the Toby Green karate kid thing. I mean, 
What did you think about all that? Like he he has actually you know it's interesting he has he has actually done that in the past. I've seen him yeah. do that before. See my concern. What, what is your what is your opinion on this? We didn't so talk about this. So it's within the rules. So there's a lot of garbage you can get away with. But so a lot of so but at what point then does the other player have the ability to protect themselves? Yeah. Because I was thinking if I was that player and I could see what was coming. I would punch punch him in the calf, yeah, and 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 hurt him. But yeah. that would be then a punch, mm. and then you get done for striking, and get a fine because it's low impact, low uh, on the body, and all that type of stuff. Without getting into too much detail, but then how do you protect yourself? Because he kicked Dalhouse, I think it was yeah. in the face, so that should be striking, and he didn't get done for striking. I think it needs to be outlawed because it looks ugly from a perspective of a viewer promoting the game to the rest of the world. It's not within the what is it the um, not it's within the rules of the game, but it's not within the spirit of the game. Is no, what I'm trying I, to say I think it's ugly. It's pretty garbage. Yeah. And he doesn't. I actually I know people go, oh, it's it's an asset for him. Go, but he doesn't need to do it. He's Pretty bloody skillful as it is. Yeah. Maybe because he was injured though and he just came back from injury, he, he sat down and thought, maybe if I fly kick people. Yeah. Maybe if I like. Maybe. Maybe if I rebound off people because I basically am not as good at the moment because my body is a bit cooked. So I mean, maybe, maybe if I just use pebbles as a springboard and then I end up kicking them in, in the action. Maybe. maybe. <laughs> he basically kicked a lid in order to take a mark. There's no other way to look at it. He basically literally like went, see you later. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 and the, the irony about it is, if you try to take some... Like, Jack Rewalt does this all the time because he always tries to take Mark of the Year. It's like one of the very few criticisms that I have left of him. Is, I used to have a lot back in the day, but now I don't have many. One of them is that he potentially tries to, to take, like, a Jezzelingo Mark every couple of minutes when the ball comes in. But I think, I think... But he has gotten, to be fair, though, he has gotten better at not being kind of bonkers like that. And you can't say that name, Jezzelingo, like... It doesn't yeah. have the no, it same flow. It's true, yeah. yeah. But with him, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's funny because you get paid a free kick if you try to take an unrealistic, ridiculous mark on someone and then you, you know... You don't touch the ball. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I guess, you know, obviously, you know, Green's marking it, but at the same time, the action's pretty cooked. So it's it's, it's interesting. I mean, it's such a... It's a ridiculous game to umpire. If you fall over, is it a trip? I don't know. This game is full of grey areas. You may as well call the game grey area. Like that, it was oh. funny speaking to Canberrans. They were asking me what happens with this, 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 and this, and I was like, "Depends who the umpire is." I think I literally said that at one point. <laughs> the other thing I was like, "Look, I've been following this game since I was born, and I can't understand it." So don't. There's pieces that, that I, I cannot explain to you. Like sometimes I was like, "Oh, well, that's because of this." But some game, sometimes it's funny when you watch it with someone that you watch football with someone that doesn't follow it, and you try to explain it, you're like. That makes no sense. I can't explain it. Or I actually physically don't know and mentally don't know how to put that together. It takes me back to high school days when you ask a question to a teacher mm. and they're not expecting and they go, I don't know the answers. They're you strange. sit there and go, you're the teacher, you meant to know all the answers. Yeah, yeah it was like, a, I mean, there was a, obviously a couple of incidences in the Hawks-Melbourne game where the guy was on the ground, mm. hand on football, and someone walked into them, oh, you were getting them below the leg and they get the free kick taken away. I'm like, that's a horrible way to interpret that rule. It's not there for that reason. And I was frustrated and I'm all on supporter and we were getting the free kicks. I'm sitting there going, oh, this needs to be fixed. So, yes. Yeah. 
I mean, ultimately, so we saw we saw Geelong go, we saw Sydney go, and then we saw Hawthorne go, and then we saw the Giants go. So, I, I a lot of people wouldn't have seen that coming. That a lot of these, you know, sort of three teams that have been hanging around the finals for ages, and then the Giants that were tipped to win the flag. And I mean, the, the funny thing is, looking back at the narrative now, and this is one of the things we want to do with this episode. Is you know it was all this talk, Giants, as we spoke about earlier, we're going to win flags, going to dominate, do all this sort of shit, and it's like, well, maybe. But the other thing too is that we saw. So now, looking back over the last couple of years, we saw the Dogs beat the Giants in one of the best games I've ever seen. But yeah, by, awesome. by it still is one of the, it almost is the best game I've ever seen. But by complete like minuscule amounts but they still did it doesn't matter it's done it's history now it's in the record books it's finished now pies have have put them away as well it's happened a couple of times now all that talk from Melbourne clubs of that you know they shouldn't be given this much Eddie ironically with Collingwood was saying oh well they, they shouldn't be given this much uh, picks and, yeah. and it's, I, I think everyone even the Giants would have to probably say we probably got given a bit much but the fascinating thing about looking back at it now is it's meant nothing. But that's, that's the irony, of, not irony, reality of it, I guess, with sport is, is brutal in that it's all well and good, but if you don't get to that final point, and this is why players get basically depressed finishing, and some of them literally, from finishing a, se- a year and or a career and missing out on a flag. Like you look at St Kilda, how burnt out they were after... You know, losing 09 and then losing the draw and then getting belted the next week. And what's that going to do to you? It's going to kill you. So, yeah. as, a, as, as a competitive um, player in, in this sort of environment. So, it, it's fascinating now looking back at the Giants. And they're one of the really interesting stories, I think, out, out of this because it's been so much, it's been good, I think, really good for the league. To, I think a second Sydney team should happen years ago. Yeah. And uh, earlier than what it was. But. Yeah, it, it's. I think. I, so per, I, don't, I don't know. Tasmanian people will get angry at this, but I, I think the Giants should have got a team. I think Sydney should have got a second team before Tassie, as an example. But then I think Tassie should have got a team before the Gold Coast, for example. That's the thing. I, I, I don't think Queensland needed a second team before Tasmania. But then I think Sydney, being you know having lived in Sydney, it's a massive city. It's a shitload of money there as well. So even out, I mean, not even out west, shouldn't say, but obviously east is a lot more money, but and north, but it, there's a lot of money west as well. So absolutely, and it, the not one, just about money, but that's unfortunately that's the reality of it is it's a business. Absolutely, and, and you need people to pay money, pay memberships. You can't put a team in an area that don't have much money. It's just and, a reality. And ultimately. Melbourne and Sydney are the two big cities. Well, they and are. They will it's be. 10 million people between two cities. So, And from a global perspective, we're in competition with each other. And the one thing that Melbourne's always had over Sydney is its sport. Yeah. And we continue to do that. But when there's two big clubs, yeah. AFL especially, because obviously NRL in its little nutshell is big up there because that's the only sport they've had for a while. But with two very successful Sydney-based clubs that only helps Sydney become a much more attractive place for business and commerce and all that type of stuff. And obviously it brings in other um, sports because obviously people get involved with AFL generally will follow other sports as well. That's generally the rule. There's not too many people here out there that I would say only like AFL and no other sport. Yeah. Be, there would be some, but it'd be much, a much not smaller many, minority. No, yeah. yeah. 
So look, but it's it's fascinating though looking back after so many people, as you pointed out earlier, so many people said that the Giants were going to win flag after flag after flag and it would be detrimental to Victorian teams and would never get teams to have a go. Richmond, the Dogs, and maybe Melbourne or Richmond again could win all Collingwood could win the flag. Yeah. And and yet the narr- and Giants lost prelim, prelim and then this. It, it's it's yeah, it's it's Really interesting. It's basically gone the reverse of what absolutely nearly everybody said. So it's it's been a fascinating few years. So that's that's kind of a bit of a look at it. It's it's interesting. I mean, Melbourne obviously. I mean, looking back through the finals now. So it, as we said at the start of the episode, if you want to look into the next week's episodes, we did that in the other episode. I think looking at it, it it is a it's a fascinating final series. Collingwood have been fantastic. They've really, really... They're clearly missing a lot of very key players. Melbourne have been really, really good as well, finally stepping up and doing what, what you know we thought they would hopefully be able to do at some point. And then, very surprisingly, in, in some respects, seeing Sydney just get belted like that. Like, that, that, that's the biggest surprise. I don't know. What would you say? What's the biggest surprise for you out of, the, out of those finals games? That's the big one for me. Yeah, taking how Collingwood got to where they are out of the equation, just purely on finals, absolutely. Sydney getting belted the way they got belted against the Giants, who didn't look convincing the week before. No, they yeah. got belted by Melbourne. That's obviously the biggest story. Yeah. You can say that uh, Hawthorne going out straight sets straight and being a top four, but bit of a who, surprise. Who, who picked Hawthorne? But top four is who exactly, picked Hawthorne yeah. top four at the no start one. of the year, or even halfway through the year? No Jeff one. Did. So, That's Jeff did. Yeah, He'd Jeff. be the only person. Only person. So, not in, not surprising. I mean, yeah, it's easy, easily the way that. The way that when you look at it, yeah, out. yeah, and I don't, I don't, I going back to what we were saying before, I don't disagree with you. Like, I don't think this final series has been terrible. I, I haven't understood, I, to be honest, because I've been away, I haven't really sort of been plugged into the you know, when you're in Melbourne, like you, you there's like that, it's like a, like a like a wave or something, it's like this constant kind of flow of mm. football talk, and you're in, you're in the bubble, and you can sort of feel the discussion and feel the sort of the movement of what people are talking about and the narrative and all this sort of stuff. But because being removed from it, I didn't really pick up on that. And I watched a few games subsequently and I didn't think they were that bad. But yeah, it, on paper, it hasn't been incredible. But there's been a lot of surprises. To yeah. say, what you, say what you like about the final series. Hawthorne losing great. in straight sets, Geelong losing like that, and then even more, Sydney losing like that. And then a really close game in, in West Coast Collingwood, and then the Pies coming back and, and beating the Giants at home, and then you know Melbourne finally standing up. I mean, I think I think that's I think that's great for football. And then we've got two incredible finals with Richmond Collingwood, and then Eagles Melbourne. I think it's it's exciting. It's four, yeah. as you pointed out in the other episode, four of the better teams. Oh, they're they're, the, they're, the, they're easily they're the, the, four they're best the clear they're yeah. the clear best teams. I mean, I think you could throw GWS. Maybe there. If they yeah. had their best their 23. No, Kelly killed them as well. Yeah, absolutely. He's so important he, he, And then you, then who do That's they take out? That's another thing we didn't talk about as well. No, yeah. so, and, they, and you could talk about all the clubs in finals this year had injuries, essentially, except for Richmond, um, to deal with in Collingwood. And GWS probably did it better than the other clubs. Or West Coast probably did it pretty well as well. But for me... When you look back at how the season was played and 
just play looking at each club on their best football, I would say these four along and GWS as the outlier were the five best teams for the year. I think yeah. GWS best football is a top four and I'm probably pushes Collingwood out just mm. and the other the, the other three, Melbourne, West Coast and obviously Richmond, their their best football is is a level or a level and a bit above the rest of the competition. Yeah, I, I, yeah, pro- probably. But at the same time, I'd, I wouldn't be surprised seeing it seeing it get mixed up. Interestingly, in terms of where the ladder fell, so you've got the, fir- the the team that finished first, the team that finished second, the team that finished third, and the team that finished fifth. Mm-hmm. So we're not seeing a team come from seventh. And I think people need to really realise just how absurd that was what what the dogs were able to do yeah absolutely that, that, I that mean, is i mean again melbourne finished fifth they didn't finish seventh or eighth, or they eighth. Like, that's that's i mean the reality is I and mean, melbourne should have won a heap more games there was a heap of games they just threw in the bin yeah both the geelong games is a, is a joke that they lost both of those yeah even if they especially go, the geelong, i mean i guess well not really they're both, well, the both they their top four but gorn kicks that goal and then the second one, they, like, you and I were at the pub watching that game. Yeah. You, you, I had to basically, like, I think you had a couple of drinks by that point, but I was basically, like, yelling in your face. I was like, it's going to happen. It looks like it's about to happen again. And you were like, what? Again? Yeah, anyway, right. so it, 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 but look, great to see. Like, that's the thing. I mean, with all the heartache, we've got the fairy tale with the D's. We've got the Eagles still holding on, you know, getting their forwards back, looking like they're going to be really good. You know, obviously missing a few keys in your gaff, but at the same time, I think there's still a big chance to make the grand final. There's a big chance it could be Richmond West Coast. Massive chance it could. Oh, be. It could be anyone. Any any. Oh, of these but that's teams, the thing. Yeah. I, I could see a Collingwood, a Collingwood Melbourne grand final would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, the Queen's Birthday, you know, game yeah. that, that that would really build that rivalry if those two could play in a granny. Absolutely, especially after having these two, arguably the longest big supporter clubs in Melbourne with Richmond and Collingwood for the last however many years. Obviously, Hawthorne, oh, yeah. Hawthorne and Essendon are in that mix now as well. But these two have the his- history of having the biggest supporter bases in the country. Yeah. To face off in a prelim is is massive in the yeah. AFL. And uh, football fans around the country and around the world are just probably... Frothing. Just frothing at the bit. Frothing at the mouth. Yeah. And I think, yeah, look... Pies, and that's the other thing too. We've got we got Pies Richmond, which is the biggest game of the year, without a doubt. So it's it's a huge finals that it's been it's been fun to sort of discuss a little bit over. Obviously, we didn't go too heavy. We just don't want to go too heavily into some of the. Well, obviously, it's, it makes no sense to sort of go too heavily into the games because a couple of me you know, like two weeks ago. But it, not just that. It's more we don't want to go too heavily into. Uh, you know the, the trade stuff and, and and kind of postseason stuff with some of the teams because we are going to do that in, in in sort of like two and a half you know it's only going to be about two and a half weeks from now anyway so that's the thing it, it's not that far away so we, we will review all 18 clubs at the end of the year we are going to do it all um, really comprehensively once we get there we just want to wait till the trade period's done because then we can really look back and you know if we did the you know let's take Carlton if they are are able to get Mitch McGovern that's a very different different review. Like that, that's yeah. pretty good. If they can get would. anyone, they can get anyone. Naha, Stumpus, anyone. That that would that would be huge. Yeah, so. they get Favola back though. On the, they're on the right path. <laughs> Pressure point. 
Thanks um, for listening, guys. Really appreciate it. That was a bit of fun sort of catch-up episode on sort of where we're at, just to bring things up to a bit of speed, answer a couple of your questions. We try to work some of them into that episode. Check out the preview, which we did, of the upcoming Massive 2 games this weekend in the prelims. We'll be back next week as a bare minimum to do a Beyond the Game Grand Final show leading up to the Grand Final, which will be massive. Uh, We're still trying to figure out whether we're going to do something with the Brownlow I, I could see that happening. We'll see how we go. See how we go. It's 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 problematic because, you know, what do we do? Do we sit there for three hours and talk about the Brownlow? Is anyone going to want to watch that? The Brownlow's so long. I well, if you to, hear this before to to Monday, toilet. let us know and we'll gauge it from yeah, there. Yeah, that's it. I mean, you, well, you should get this. I'll put this up tomorrow. So, yeah, let us know. Let us know what you think, whether that's a completely ludicrous idea. People seem to want to watch people doing other things, you know, very Big Brother style. So, I think... Look, Twitch style, I didn't mean that in a dirty way, but I mean, ultimately, like, people say, it's true though, like, people, I don't know, if you're those people... If we go ahead, we'll make the Brownlow more interesting than the Brownlow. Look, it'd be better, I reckon, to watch us watch the Brownlow. I I, I know that sounds not to be... It's not egotistical. Self-indulgent or anything. I I think, I honestly think that would be funny, because we'll have a couple of Venos and... And we'll be silly and we'll talk rubbish and, and we'll make fun of the count. And we will do some genuine stuff in it too. Like we will go through and say, hang on, this player got, you know, 23 disposals, one kick, one handball. How did he get two votes? Like we will cover off stuff like that where the umpires clearly got it wrong. So that, that'll be fun as well. We will we will sit there and kind of look back on the games at, as they're calling them. And when we get... Because, you know, in the Brownlow... We, we can't do, obviously, every game. But, you know, in the Brownlow, how they'll do the... You know, let's look back at the best kicks of the year. and Like, after, like, two rounds. And it's like, get back to the votes. Yeah, just but get when on that it. happens, you don't have to get frustrated because then we'll go, hang on a second. Oh, mate, did this, 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 and this. This is fairly cooked already. So, it'd be, yeah, it'd be fun. And I think the other thing, too, is this Brownlow especially... It'd be interesting to do potentially to do something like this if we are able to do it, because the, I mean I know it, there's probably a big chance that we're going to see a Mitchell win, but at the same time it's not like a year where like a, a you know a Swan or a Jard or a Fife has had such a ludicrous year that it's guaranteed that one of these two or three people are going to. No, he, he, I still think this is open. I I I, I tipped well, luckily by. Bit of luck. I, I tipped Mitchell at the start of the year. He had a very good year. That's great. But there are a bunch of players that could still win it. Oh, absolutely. Martin could sneak it. The reality is you have to always remember with the brand line, it's not who's necessarily the best player of the year. It's who the umpires thought were the best player of those games and then the numbers get added up. That's the reality. And we have absolutely no idea who they vote. Yep. And they might not like Mitchell. No. He, he might say mildly, a lot of... He could be a mouthy little... Right. Yeah. He might say some horrible shit on the ground. We have no idea. Like, the reality is they might go, eh, two votes instead of three. Yeah. yeah he got 55 disposals, but Whereas one we know, vote. We know, right. we know Dusty says nothing. 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 And, but he stands out because he's... You wouldn't tats. forget him. Nothing. Yeah, exactly. He's got that got that haircut and he's, you know, he's, he's Dusty. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, ultimately, it, I still think it's a, it's a bit open and it'll be fun and interesting to watch and I reckon it'll be a captivating count. So... Definitely check that out if that is to happen. I'm pitching something that may or may not exist. But yeah, look, I think keep in touch with our social media because if we do do it, I reckon it'll be funny with Beyond the Game. But bare minimum, we will do the grand final show. But yeah, thanks so much for listening to that catch up. Check out hopstohome.com.au, AFL Deep Dive promo code, $25 off your first pack. And enjoy the 
prelims. That's it. We're I, was, there. I was about to say, we all the games, say, there's only two, though. That's it. Yeah, all the games. Well, that's our normal routine, but that's it. We have two more games to go. Enjoy the footy. And then it's Christmas the next week. That's it. Santa's here in McLaughlin form. Beautiful. Have a good one, guys. <laughs> See you guys.